0: Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Pastor May J.H. Gilbert Sr. Coming to you from the wall, E-Ministries here in Alta Vista, Virginia for our Sunday School Hour this morning. We thank God for you joining us this morning. We've got a beautiful lesson this morning, uh, August the 21st, Lesson 12, out of the King James Version of the Standard uh, Lesson Commentary. Uh, We are using that lesson plan this morning. Any other lesson plan uh, especially uh, if you're using Union Gospel Press, it will not match along with our lesson. But follow along with us. We posted it all of our lessons on our Facebook page. You can pull up the page. get all of the text and all of our introduction and our lesson aims, and plus our conclusion that is uh, in our uh, on our Facebook page. So you got all of the information you need to follow along with our lesson this morning. The river of life coming out of Revelation 22nd chapter verses. 1 through 7. This morning, hopefully, as we look at our lesson, Partners in New Creation, Unit 3 Study, The Great Hope of the Saints. Our lesson aims this morning is state characteristics and functions of the River of Life, then uh, compare the contrast between Revelation, Genesis, and Ezekiel's account of this uh, tree of life that we're going to look at. Then draft a devotional hope based on Revelation 22, 1 through 7, as such as we would be suitable. Uh, for publication or something in our church newsletter. I know that's stretching out a little bit, but what you should do is try to come up with some type of devotional uh, of hope based on our lesson today. So as we get into our study this morning, let us read our text, Revelation 22, uh, verses 1 through 7. Our text read, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, and clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God, And of the Lamb, and in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there a tree of life which bore twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her every uh, her fruit every month. And the leaves of the fruit were uh, for the healing of the nations. Uh, Verse three. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be therein, and his servants shall serve him. Verse four. And they shall see his face. And his name shall be in their foreheads. Uh, Verse 5. And there shall be no light there. And there shall need of no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Verse 6. And he said unto them, These sins are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Verse 7. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the saying of the prophecy of this book. Again, our keep verse this morning he showed me the pure river, water's crystals proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Revelation. So, uh, as we look at our introduction this morning, uh, we talked about how long do we expect people to live. Uh, a person back in 1850, they were at age 40. And then uh, those who managed to live. Uh, past that, we're, we're extremely blessed. Many died of deadly illnesses and that claim young children that could not expect to live past their mid-fifties. But today's, uh we're about 7 to 8.6 years in, in longevity, depending upon your race or your gender, your location, or even uh, other factors in life. Uh, the, shape, uh, the sharp increase is due to our medical treatments and uh, coronation of water and, and all kinds of different habits. We, we, we eat much better and we, we have more doctor appointments and we have those things that help us to be able to live longer. But the Bible tells of the story of paradise in Eden uh, that was lost to humanity because of sin. And the garden was the tree of life and eating of that fruit would allow people to live forever. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they were expelled from the garden and denied access to this tree that will give them uh, this life eternal. Uh, death is a certainty of everyone born ever since, uh, with, with two exceptions. And that was in Genesis 5 when God, uh, 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 Enoch, was, was translated right on up. And then we come by Elijah was carried away in a chariot. And so what if we have uh, that life-giving fruit, huh? What if we could have it today? Today's lesson offers truth in that regard. As we look at our context today, uh, feature of a Jerusalem drawn in the Old Testament uh, is the tree of life. That is the New Jerusalem. This mysterious, mysterious tree uh, in three books of the Bible is listed, and it appears to, uh, at the time of the Garden of Eden in Genesis, And then they talk about it in Proverbs along with other instances. They talk about the tree of life or a tree of life. The tree of life mentioned in Revelation is uh, the paradise of God. And, And some have referred to the paradise as Eden restored. And the people will eat of their tree with God's blessings. Water is closely associated with the tree in our lesson today. Image of water is used both in a physical aspect, and in a spiritual sense in our text. And physically, it talks about fresh water, the opposite of brackish or bitter water. And then fresh water sustains life. Brackish water does not sustain life. uh, As the ultra-salted Dead Sea is named after it because of its high chlorine content. Uh, The prophets Ezekiel and Zechariah had visions of (laughs) Similarities with John's Revelation uh gospel uh uh in in, in uh in the New Jerusalem and a feature of this city of Ezekiel and Zechariah was river flowing out of it. The river, this river so refreshing that is not uh it only nourishes life. It changes the ultra-dead sea into a fresh water lake again. That's what God's Word can do. If God can get into your life, if you allow God to come into your life, He will change you from what is dead into something that is living again. In Revelation, the concept of spiritual water includes the property of eternal life. And such water is seen as a divine gift, even flow, ever-flowing fountain, that will provide us those that will drink of it. God, Jesus offered us this water. He said, if you would take that up, you will live eternally. So as we get into our lesson this morning, what did John see? What John saw? Uh, verse 1 says that he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. You know, as we pick up from our last week's lesson, we talked about John still inside of that holy city of Jerusalem, and he's having this vision. He's still being guided by the angel of these seven vows. and John had uh, heard, had beheld a river, uh, signifying two things: first, the river's purity and clarity, and then uh, that it uh, and indicate that anything that might pollute it uh, had been banished from the city. So. Once God makes us into that perfect being that he desires us to be, that that anything that come in to try to contaminate it, as long as it's got that living water of God in it, it shall not come to pass. So as we look at, he says that out of that, uh, proceeding out of the throne of God, uh, looking upstream, John saw this river streaming from the central feature of the city. And then it defies our expectations that are grounded in our experiences of daily life. He says that this city, uh, it was proceeding out of the throne of God. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. How can it uh, come out uh, in having the tree on both uh, banks of the river? And uh, we can't see that. We see a a, a tree that has roots. But here uh, we're going to talk later that this river is proceeding out of the tree. Now, how are you going to have a, 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 a river parted out of the tree? And the river is huge. We're not talking about a a, a little small stream that runs under the roots of a tree. We're talking about a river. So here he's saying that uh, in verse 2, Then in the midst of the street of it, in the other side of the river, there was the tree of life. And uh, which bear what? Twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit in every month. And he said that in the midst of the tree, of the street of it coming out of the throne on either side of the river was there the tree of life. It didn't say was two different trees. He said that the tree of life was exposed on both sides of the river. And the, in the midst of it, that river came out. So the verse describes something difficult for us to visualize the river of life coming from the throne, flowing in the middle of the street of the city, we need to imagine this immense street, a, a, a parkway, a boulevard, or so broad that the river, lush, fertile banks divides its lanes, and, and the purpose of these dimensions of are, 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 are really spectacular, and, and perhaps we can imagine a street maybe 200 yards wide, two football fields, and a tree-lined river in the middle of... A hundred yards, that's one football field, golden lanes on each side and 50 yards wide on each side of the river. And and, and then the river of living water leads to the tree of life uh, known uh, as that which God has provided for you and I. And somehow the tree of life is on both sides of the river. I said earlier, perhaps spanning it, towering over it. Uh, this is a, what, a large tree, something that you and I cannot visualize, but we got to understand that out of that tree, it has the 12 manner of fruits and, and it yielded her fruit every month. John saw this fruit bearing tree, uh, unlike anything that we've ever experienced in our life. Uh, and, and then it bore 12 manner of fruit for every season, 12 tribes of Israel, 12 apostles, Though, 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 that 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 twelve represented the completeness that we needed in order for to accomplish what God has called us to do, and, and 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 it also lets us know that God fulfills everything that we have in need of. Everything that we need, God provides. He said that that it will have twelve man of fruit, and it yielded her fruit every month. Every month we had something that He provided for us. To be able to help us uh, get through this life. To give us that (laughs) eternal life that is needed. Life-giving fruit. Available to every citizen. uh, Every day. Every moment. Without interruptions. Times of shortage. Time of need. It doesn't make any difference. God never falls short of anything. That he has promised us. If we would only put our trust in him. Mm -hmm. Then verse uh, 2c says that and the leaves of the tree were of the healing of the nations and that threw me off so to give that threw me off I did not understand why the fruit didn't do the healing. Here he says that the leaves of the tree and we understand tea and, and those other things that are made out of leaves and and, and but we understand that but the fruit of it and, and maybe the leaves are the fruit of it. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations uh, and and, uh, and and then as we consider the leaves are dried and the many times we make certain teas because of that, and it's very medicinal. And, and I remember when I was growing up, mama had us to eat roots and they call it sassafras tea. And the sassafras tea would take it at certain times of the year if we had colds or whatever. And then she had a thing called bitter root. She would soak it and then make a broth of it and we would drink it and it was real bitter, ease your stomach. God has medicinal things. In what he provides to us. But here he said this leaf. Was for the healing of the nation. An idea of not physical healing. But what spiritual healing. And the people of all nations. Will have this opportunity. Now think about it. This is very important for us to point out. Because Israel was God's chosen people. And everything that was done. uh, Somehow everything was thought. That God had done this for his people. But here he said that. Every the leaves of this tree of life was for the healing of what all nations. You remember, he said, from the east to west, north and south, every nation, every tongue, every tribe. God has a desire to save all people. And then he said that Jerusalem means peace. God will bring peace to all nations, not now in this generation, but in the time to come. And then verse three says, and there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it and, and then and his servants shall serve him. Mm-hmm. So we are saying here that and there shall be no curse. When God uh, takes away the curse that 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 came into the world because of sin, go back and read your lesson. You got to understand that when God came, uh, uh, brought man into the world, man sinned, and and that put the curse on the land. Remember, he said he cursed the land that he crawled on. He cursed the the work that the man would do. Make sure that he had to work and sweat uh, and until he leave this earth. Women will suffer travail while doing childbirth. That was part of the curse. But he said that because of this tree that has these twelve manner of fruit. There will be no more curse. God will remove the curse away from the land. We don't have to worry about crops not, crops failing. We don't have to worry about water not being sufficient. We don't have to worry about cultivation and anything like that. God will be able to remove the curse and everything that we do will be having the promises of God and the blessings of God on our lives because of the fact that he's taken away that you know, the old saying said that there will be no sickness, no sorrow, no trouble. I see there will be what? Peace in the valley. God will bring peace. And that Salem, uh, Jerusalem. that Salem, the new Jerusalem will give us the peace of mind that we did not find here on earth while we were living. You can't find peace here on earth. The scripture says that there is schism always in the world and that there will be variance between mother, father, sister, brother. But God will bring peace into the world and restore it, and it will be for eternity. Mm -hmm. The holy city, Uh, and and that's utterly holy, admits to neither anything that is a curse or anything that needs to be cursed. The curses of humanity are gone. Everything is going away. We often think that uh, the first curse resulting in the first sin was cursing of Adam and Eve. But the first two curses were on the serpent and the ground. And, and there was no Satan serpent in this city, for he will be consigned to the lake of fire. So that the one who causes the curse will not be there. So don't worry about it. See, many times when we're dealing with life, we have individuals that come into our lives that causes us issues. But here, all of those issues will be gone away. You don't need to be worried about that. The curse of the land uh, will be taken away. And then he says, and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their forehead. The psalm that says that my soul thirsts for the Lord, for the living God, when I shall come and appear before him. The answer is right here. Everyone living in the city shall have access to the throne of God. Mm-hmm. All residents of the city is God's servants. Mm-hmm. And John describes them in three ways. What they do, what they see, and mm-hmm. how they will be marked. Mm-hmm. And they shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and they shall be identified with their names, in uh, his name in their forehead. Right. You remember Satan is going to mark his 666. Six, six. mm-hmm. But God is going to mark us, hey, look, 111. Ain't it good to mm-hmm. know that, that we are number one in God's eyes? Instead of having 666, six, six, we're going to have that 111, that sign of perfection that God has given unto us, being identified with God, that divine mark placed by Uh, either Jesus or God's angels, it is a beautiful image of acceptance and possession by God of his saints and his children. Uh, It's opposite to the mark of the beast that we said earlier. Verse 5 says that what? And there shall be no light, and they need no candle, nor light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Mm -hmm. You know, when we encounter this no light description and there is here light given off by God himself who is illuminating the great city of New Jerusalem and there are the important against your never ending light of the accomplished by this never ending reign of God's people. And I think sometimes we miss that when we read it. Yes, God is reign. God will reign. But look what our text said, there'll be no light, no candle, neither light of the sun for God The Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever. We're going to be reigning as kings and queens. I think I did a little thing the other week. I was telling my wife said that she was a queen. I said, yes, you're a queen. But, you know, we're talking about kingships and queenship. But the thing about it is, while we're down here, our kingship or our queenship is not eternal. We have only a season down here. But once we get into glory... He said that we now are to become those those kings and queens of God that shall reign with him, what? Forever. So we got to understand that this never ending reign of us people fulfilled the prophecy that God and, and Christ will reign, what? With us forever and ever. And we shall be, what? With him, ain't it? Verse six. What did John hear? What did John hear? And the text says that these are the faithful that are, uh, 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 th- these are the sayings that are faithful and true. And the Lord God, the Holy Prophet, sent his angel and showed him the servants, the things which must surely be done. Uh, this he who is spoken of in our text is still one of the angels with the seven vows. And John got to the holy city. The angel statement touched several things that we read uh, we have read previously. And first of all, it emphasizes that John is being faithful and true. Uh, these two affirmations that made by him that set upon the throne at the beginning of the vision of Genesis or New Jerusalem. And then the second is the reliability and importance of the sayings that God has given unto him as being Lord God of the holy prophets. The fact that, uh, that, that, that uh, this fact serves to include John's rank as the earlier prophets and emphasize the nature of the book of Revelation as prophecy. Then the third thing, it, it, it concerns visions described by God, showing unto servants the things which will shortly come to pass. The word in Greek is precisely the same as the found in the book of opening lines in Revelation 1, the 15 verses that are left in the book, come into the verse before us. But the final mention showing which is about the Holy cities, right here. The initial showing, Revelation 1, Revelation 22 and 6 service bookends, showing us that God is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and He's the Omega. God is the beginning of everything, but He also is the end of all things. Everything begins with Him and everything ends with Him. And that's who Jesus is. The message of Revelation is faithful and true even if we are inadequate to comprehend all that it says. Let us believe that when these events uh, do take place, those of us who are witnesses have read Revelation will think, of course, now it all makes sense. God's world will make sense to us one day when it comes to the point of us, him revealing himself, when Jesus come back to fulfill the prophecy that John had said on uh, this island of Patmos. Then verse Mm -hmm. seven says, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keep the sayings of this prophecy of this book the voice of of the lamb breaks through that uh to deliver a promise and a blessing he will return god is going to uh, send his darling son back today to receive us and he said quickly and, and, and sometimes people in the first uh century church thought he was going to come quickly and and they were preparing for his coming back but now two thousand years later uh where we, we, he's still coming back what he's saying is you don't have time God is coming at, at the, he says, at the twinkling of an eye. And we got to understand that we need to be ready. He has not abandoned us in the midst of our suffering, whether it's, uh, it's now or then. He's with us. He, he hasn't left us alone. The initial blessings in Revelation 3 is repeated directly to those who are saying, uh, sayings of this prophecy. That leads to this great question prompted in Revelation What does keeping these sayings entail? What does John mean by that? What does God mean that if you keep these sayings of the book of the prophecy? The book does not hide any answers to this question. He says faithfulness is the primary answer. And that concept includes repentance and patience and and, in the face of opposition. Uh, We have a little thing in our lesson today. He said uh, to the faithful. Uh, it is to keep the words of the prophecy. Uh, to repent is to keep the words of the prophecy. To endure is to keep the words of the prophecy. Everything that we do entails us into keeping this words of the prophecy. The abiding message here is transcends any confusion that we might have about the details of Christ's second coming. When he comes, uh, may he find us faithful. Mm-hmm. Holding out. Ephesians 6 says, stand against the wiles of the devil. Whatever you do, he says, stand, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the Lord. So we got to be unmoved by what is happening in the world. We got to be faithful in spite of what's going on around us. Don't allow what people say and, and don't allow what we see to deter us from being faithful, thinking that everything is going to be all right. We look at our conditions of the world today, and, and we can say, Lord, turn this back on us. No, God is still working things out. God is working things out. Uh, which, we got to be faithful. We, we got to be repentant. And we got to be steadfast about doing what God has called us to do. So we need to get ready, because God is going to do what he's going to do. And he's going to do it, In his time and in his season, but we need to understand that we need to be ready. He says that for everything, there is a season, a time to live, and a time to die. So we got to get ready to live, but we need to understand that death is coming, but our preparation is here while we're here on earth. And he says that there are two things you got to do. Love the Lord with all thy heart, then love thy neighbor as thyself. We need to be about that. That is what we need to do in order for to fulfill the words of this prophecy. As we conclude our lesson this morning, the beginning and the end, many times have clearly defined the beginning and the ends and the begin uh, reading a book and then you finish it and then you buy a house and then you sell it, you get a job, then you get the job ends, you get another job. Transcending all of the starts and, and stops in our life is a timeliness of God who was there from the beginning, and he'll be there with us in the end. I said earlier, he said that he is the Alpha, and he is the Omega, he's the A and the Z, he's the beginning and the end, but with enduring nature that stretches beyond the range of the human alphabet. Just don't think that the end to us is not the end to God. We cannot fathom what God is talking about the end from. we, We said back in the Old Testament from Generation to generation. You know, how do you go from generation to generation? You know, we can't see that in our human eyes, but, but God knows about past generation and future generation. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. All of this illustrates what the New Jerusalem, a city that is featured with this big physical side that is beyond our comprehension. It will be a city with unending days and ever-flowing rivers of life and ever-barren tree of life and ceaseless worship and priceless building materials that will never end and, and it will be ever new. Ain't that amazing? Never gets old. I, 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 we went to a funeral yesterday of my cousin John and his daddy Jerry Adams used to sing, never grow old in a land where well, we'll never grow old. Ain't that good news? We have a home in and glory in a land that will never grow old. Everything will always be new. And such will be our relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That relationship will be eternally consistent, pure, and true. Yet the description fails to describe the relationship fully. For there is a limitless on God's side. And nonetheless, we are blessed by God's revelation of this vision that he's given to us. So may we be what? Faithful in keeping the lessons that we have learned today. huh? See, God is not limited like we are. He is limitless. There is no limit to what God can do. I like the old song that says, what he did for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll welcome you. Ain't that good news? Beautiful lesson this morning. Hopefully that we get a, a glimpse of this 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 uh, tree, or this this river water, this living water, this 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 tree that bears the fruit that will give us uh, the life that we need. But we need to be faithful, we need to be repentant, and we need to be steadfast. So we ask. God, that he would give us everything that we need. So our prayer this morning, Father, we barely understand the marvels of your promise in the Holy City, in a place where you will provide all the light we need for our eyes and our hearts. May we hold these promises tightly so that when you, your son, returns, we'll find us faithful and ready. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So our thought to remember for this week. Seek and share the living water now. Mm -hmm. Share it while you have a chance. Mm -hmm. God has made us the light Mm -hmm. and the water that will refresh those that are in trouble, those that are torn apart. God got that living water. He got the refreshing water. He's got this tree of life and this living water that will sustain us through everything that we are going through. And what we, what God has done, old folks said, what you do for God will last, but what God will do will last also, isn't it right? So we thank God for you joining us on this morning. Again, we said the next week, nine thirty hour, starting in uh, not next week, starting the first Sunday in uh, September. We're going to have a little devotional hour. You know, I'm, I'm gonna hit it on my wife now get a little chance. We we'll do a little singing. I got some other people that might want to come in and get a little song off and get a little singing. And then we had 10, 15, 20 minutes of of a worship and a a scriptural uh, sermon message. So we thank God for you being with us, joining us this morning. And we just ask that you continue to support us on our e-ministry here online. Uh, You also can pick us up on Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, 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 we on Spotify. We we download all of our our, our sermon messages to to uh, our Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Also, we we, we do the uh, the Spotify Deezer. All of those uh, podcast uh, uh, platforms we try to utilize utilize everything to reach uh, through e ministry. To reach those that are out in the world today. Everybody don't have access. To come to church and do what. uh, Everything. Some people have not come out from the COVID yet. But he said that we got to take the message to the world. My desire is to take the message of God to the world. Utilizing whatever platform is available. So that people can hear about the word of God. Be convicted to answer the question. What shall I do to be saved? So you've got to answer that question for yourself. So salvation is free, but you have to receive it. Receive it unto you, and then you will be able to be part of this great reunion when Christ come back to receive us unto himself. We're going to see y'all next week. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Come and frequent our business here at Alta Vista Church Supply. we got clothes and everything available for those in God's gift ministry. Uh, If you have need of clothes, if you want to donate clothes, if you want to come over and buy a little piece of clothes and donate money to the ministry that we'll be giving out later to uh, some cancer or some uh, victim uh, has been sick during the year, we're going to try to focus on healing people and healing people's lives. And and we thank God for you being faithful and true and being uh, obedient to God's word to do the work that God has called you to do. God is excited about what is happening in the world today. Even though it looks bad, this is a time for the church to step up. It's time for us to be about our Father's business and do the diligent work that is necessary. Go out and tell somebody about Jesus. Try to alleviate the suffering and then try to be able to um, put some hope in somebody's life that living in the world of this path. God bless you. Be ever blessed. And we'll see you again on Friday night at our uh, Bible Institute here at uh, on the Wally Ministries. Be blessed.